We've just published the book, The Adventures of Lola Badiola. It's the perfect complement for this podcast. It includes complete transcripts, explanations, and quizzes. So buy it now on Amazon. Hi, it's Sam here, and welcome back to The Adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, we met Cayetano Tolosa, one of Lola's new colleagues at J-Block. In this episode, we're going to meet the rest of the team. We will also discuss the common expressions, phrasal verbs, and advanced vocabulary used in the text. So, without any further delay, let's get back to the story. The Adventures of Lola Badiola Chapter 6 The Programmers Leading the programming team at J-Block was Diego de la Fuente, a Spanish national who had grown up in California and gotten a degree in electrical engineering from Stanford University. He had worked with JJ on previous initiatives as a consultant. Now he was a partner and major shareholder in J-Block. He was a brilliant team leader, able to get the best out of the freaks and geeks around him. They included a Norwegian, a Dutch, a Brit, and two Spaniards. All the coders were men between 25 and 35 years old. All of them had ethical hacking backgrounds and lived and breathed computer code. Diego was a big energetic man. His whole body was covered in a thick layer of hair, apart from the shiny surface of his head. On the outside, he looked like a ferocious grizzly bear. On the inside, he was more like a cuddly teddy bear. By nature, he was a nervous character, and that morning he could almost be considered hyperactive. He had a lot on his plate. First, he had to come up with a cybersecurity solution for a pharmaceutical company. Second, he needed to give some input into the creation of J-Block's mission statement, and, finally, he wanted to make a good first impression on the new commercial director. Diego knew that the key to the success of any tech startup was the close collaboration between the product and marketing departments. At that moment, the programmers had little faith in the commercial side of the business, least of all with Cayetano Tolosa. The arrival of Lola Badiola was, therefore, a key moment in the development of the company. OK, people, unplug yourselves. We need to start the morning meeting. From 8.30 to 9 a.m. every morning, Diego gathered his team to find out how they were progressing and if they had any problems. First up, where are we with the POC for the pharmaceutical company? He asked Turner, the British programmer. Almost done. Just need to iron out a couple of bugs. Good. Next. JJ wants our input on the company mission statement and slogan. Any feedback for the suggestions I sent you? The silence was deafening. Have a think about it. As you know, our new commercial director arrives today. The marketing push starts now. The programmers looked sceptical and mumbled their disapproval. Okay, what's on your mind? 
Van Dijk, the Dutch coder, was the first to speak. You mean we're going to have another pretty boy wasting our time? There was never any filter between what the Dutchman thought and what he said, both a strength and a weakness. Pretty boy is a salesman. His job is to open doors for us, and he does that very well. Diego had the patience of a saint, but at times he needed to assert his authority. And from now on, we're going to stop calling him pretty boy. His name is Cayetano, he's our colleague, and we'll treat him with respect. Do we really need a sales team at all? asked Turner. Is that a serious question? replied Diego. The way I see it, our code sells itself. Yeah, agreed Velázquez, one of the Spaniards. Salespeople just get in the way. The only thing they do well is book lunch, said Munk, the Norwegian, and ask dumb questions. I've explained blockchain to Pretty Boy a dozen times, but he still doesn't get it. We do all the work and they make all the commission, said Van Dyck. Diego allowed the five programmers to express themselves. He understood that coding could be a lonely and deeply frustrating process. These moments of communal complaining were a necessary evil. After thirty seconds, he interrupted their banter. Listen, guys, I've heard through the grapevine that the new commercial director is a rock star. She was a top producer at Texpania, she knows the industry inside out, and she's adored by her clients. The new commercial director is a woman? asked Turner skeptically. Yes, she's a woman, sighed Diego. And her track record and CV are impeccable. It's a miracle JJ convinced her to join us. The programmers were unmoved by the credentials. They looked around at each other. Munk asked the question on everyone's mind. Is she hot? It took a lot for Diego to lose his temper, but this was one of the few occasions where the teddy bear showed his teeth. You know that's exactly the type of comment that makes it so difficult for me to recruit women into this team. Women can't code, replied Van Dijk. Women can code, they just don't want to, argued Velasquez. Men like things, women like people, added Turner wisely. Once again, the five coders started arguing amongst themselves. Once again, Diego allowed them to express themselves. The discussion reached a crescendo until suddenly it stopped and everyone went quiet. Something had caught the programmer's attention. Diego turned around to see J.J. Thompson walking through the office. With him was a smartly dressed woman in her early thirties. She gripped the handle of her leather briefcase with strong but perfectly manicured hands. As she passed by, she looked across at the coding team, exuding confidence and authority, and smiled. Then she followed JJ into one of the meeting rooms. Diego turned back to his team. Okay, boys, close your mouths and say hello to Lola Badiola, our new commercial director. Okay, there you go. It seems that Lola is the only woman working at JBlock. And that's not an unusual situation in the technology sector. According to Statista, the business data platform, 
92% of computer programmers are men. That means that in a typical team of 20 programmers, the average number of women will be one. Is this situation driven by biological differences between men and women? Or by cultural expectations? Now that is a big question. And we're not going to answer it in this podcast or even attempt to answer it in this podcast. But it will be a theme that runs throughout our story. So in this episode, we are introduced to Diego de la Fuente. He is the manager and leader of the programmers. Let's listen to his background again. Leading the programming team at JBlock was Diego de la Fuente, a Spanish national who had grown up in California and gotten a degree in electrical engineering from Stanford University. It is a very common mistake to confuse a degree with a career. So let's just make it absolutely clear. A degree is what you receive for successfully completing a course at university. A career is what happens in your professional life after you graduate. There are different types of degree. So, for example, there's a bachelor's degree, which is typically three years long. Then you have a master's degree, which requires one or two more years of study. And beyond that, there's a PhD, also known as a doctorate. And this can take, well, it can take any number of years to complete, but it requires the presentation of some new academic research in your field of study. Okay, let's find out more about Diego and his team of programmers. Listen to these sentences again. He was a brilliant team leader, able to get the best out of the freaks and geeks around him. They included a Norwegian, a Dutch, a Brit, and two Spaniards. What is a freak? And what is a geek? Well, a freak is someone or something that is very strange or unusual. In the old days, it had a negative meaning. For example, in the 19th century, you would go to a freak show to see all the strange and shocking forms of humanity. The elephant man, for example, was considered a freak. Well, nowadays, the meaning has changed somewhat and it just means someone or something that is very different from the norm. And it could be good or it could be bad. So Michael Jordan was a freak athlete. Last year, we had a freak storm in Spain. Cristiano Ronaldo had a freak accident and couldn't play football for a month. You get the idea. So a freak is very different from a geek. And what's a geek? Well, once again, the meaning of this word has changed over the years. Originally, it was someone who was intelligent, but not at all fashionable, and probably not very popular either. Now, when I was a kid at school, you really wouldn't want to be called a geek. But things have changed over the last 30 years. The geeks are now running the world. The geeks are the ones that we look up to, we respect, we aspire to be. 
Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. They are all geeks. And they are building spaceships to travel to Mars. How cool is that? So nowadays, it's a source of pride to call yourself a geek. And it has come to mean anyone who is passionate about any field of expertise. So, there are freaks and geeks in Diego de la Fuente's team, and they are all of different nationalities. There are certain nationalities that non-native speakers always confuse or forget. So let's do a little test and see if you make any mistakes. I'll say the name of the country and you say the nationality. For example, I say Italy and you say Italian. Okay, that was an easy one. The next ones are the ones that people always seem to get wrong. Okay, here's the first. Peru. What is the nationality of someone from Peru? They are Peruvian. What about Thailand? Somebody from Thailand is Thai. Well, you knew that, right? You've eaten Thai food and you've seen Thai airways in an international airport. What about the Philippines? The nationality of people from the Philippines is Filipino. Okay, and finally, these next two are always confused. So what are the nationalities of people from Sweden and Switzerland? People from Sweden are Swedish and people from Switzerland are Swiss. Don't get those two the wrong way round. I have one last question about nationalities. How about someone from the United States? This can be a little bit controversial because people from the United States call themselves Americans. But Canadians are North Americans And Brazilians are South Americans. So some people don't like the fact that Americans call themselves Americans. So instead of saying he is the American president, they will say he is the US president or he is the United States president. It's the US army. It's a US policy. It's a US invention. In fact... There was a time when people were considering using the words United States Onion to describe somebody from the United States. United States Onion. I think for obvious reasons that didn't become popular. So in conclusion, from a grammatical perspective, you can either use American or U.S., or United States when describing the nationality of someone or something from the United States of America. Okay, let's move on to some business jargon. 
What is Diego talking about in this part of the story? First up, where are we with the POC for the pharmaceutical company? He asked Turner, the British programmer. A POC, sometimes known as a POC. Well, a POC is a proof of concept. This is an exercise to determine whether an idea can be turned into reality. It is meant to determine the feasibility of the idea. Does it actually function in the real world? So what a lot of software companies do, once they have presented their services to a prospective client, is set up a small and simple version of the systems. This is the POC. This is the proof of concept. And Diego and his team are implementing one at a pharmaceutical company. Now, just be careful with the pronunciation of this word, pharmaceutical. Don't be tempted to pronounce it phonetically, pharmaceutical. The vowel sound in the middle is very simple. It's just pharmaceutical. And there are five words in the healthcare sector that often get mispronounced. Pharmaceutical is one of them. The second is biotechnology. Don't pronounce that biotechnology. The third one is antibiotics. Antibiotics. Which is a very interesting word because there are three I vowels in that word and they are all pronounced differently. Welcome to the wonderful world of English pronunciation. Antibiotics. And the final word is virus. Don't be tempted to pronounce that virus. Virus. Okay, let's just review those five words again. Pharmaceutical, biotechnology, antibiotics, paracetamol, and virus. So what is the next subject that Diego and his team discuss? Have another listen to this. JJ wants our input on the company mission statement and slogan. Any feedback for the suggestions I sent you? In the last two podcasts, we've talked about core values and we've talked about mission statements. But what is the point of a slogan? Well, a slogan is a short, memorable phrase. It's a feeling, an emotion, and it's often associated with a company logo. And it is backed up, it is supported by an advertising campaign. So it's part of an overall package And often the words mean very little in isolation. But ultimately, when they're part of a marketing campaign and you hear them over and over again with certain images and certain sounds, they enter your subconscious and they create a positive reaction to a product whenever you see it. Let's play another game. This time, I'm going to tell you the slogan and you are going to guess the company. For example, I'm going to say, just do it. And you're going to say, Nike. Yeah, that was an easy one. Okay, here we go. I have five more slogans for you. Which companies are these? I'm loving it. 
that has to be McDonald's. McDonald's have spent literally hundreds of millions of dollars in their television advertisements, in their billboard advertisements, and whenever you go into a restaurant, I'm loving it, is associated with McDonald's, the company, and the brand. Okay, here's the second one. Once you pop, you can't stop. That is a fabulous slogan. A really well-balanced sentence with a little rhyme in the middle. What's the product? What's the brand? Well, in this case, it's Pringles. And it's a slogan that works perfectly because it's very true. Once you open the tube of Pringles, once you pop the, tr- the tube, it's very difficult to stop yourself from eating all the crisps inside. Excellent slogan. Okay, here's our third one. Taste the rainbow. Now, you might not know this slogan, but I'm sure your kids do, because Taste the Rainbow is the slogan for Skittles, the sweets or the candies called Skittles. And there is a very popular and memorable marketing campaign that is associated with this particular slogan. Okay, here's the next one, which I think you will know. It gives you wings. That is, of course, Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. And finally, our last slogan, because I'm worth it. Where have you heard that before? Well, it's actually a slogan that's been around for about 50 years, and there have been many different sports people, personalities, celebrities, who've been seen on television saying, I use this product because I'm worth it. It is, of course, L'Oreal. So there you go. These are all effective slogans, short, memorable phrases that give you a feeling or an emotion and are backed up, are supported by an advertising campaign that gets the words into your memory and into your subconscious. Okay, that was a bit of fun, and it brings us to the end of today's session. Make sure you join us for the next podcast. You can find out what happens when Lola starts her first day at JBlock as we continue to entertain you to a leadership level of business English. Until then, keep practicing, And remember, when faced with a challenge in either your professional or your personal life, just do it.